We are back in our series in the book of Acts called The Church Unleashed. And today we'll be in Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. And today's sermon is entitled, Compelled by Christ. Compelled by Christ. Now we've been out a few weeks, so I want to give you a quick overview on what's happening in the book of Acts. Because some of you may not remember, you've had too many days off, you've had too many things to eat, and you've been sitting around too much. So let's, let's recap where we are in the book of Acts. The book begins with Jesus gathering his followers and telling them that he is leaving. But he tells them he will send the Holy Spirit to be with them, and when the Holy Spirit comes, he says they will receive power to be witnesses for Jesus. Well, then the Holy Spirit indeed does come, and miraculous and powerful events take place on the day of Pentecost, wonderfully displayed through the many people who respond to Peter's preaching. And then after that, we see the first church start to take shape as the people come together for prayer, for fellowship, for generosity, for singing, and for teaching. Then we see Peter and John heal a lame beggar while Peter powerfully shares a Holy Spirit-filled message and calls the people to repentance. This is what Pastor Dirk was talking about. That brings us to where we are today. Some of you say, you took a lot of time to say that over the last several weeks, okay? Well, there's a lot going on here in the book of Acts, but that's just a recap. So remember, as I just said, a lame beggar was healed by the power of God, and Peter brought a strong message afterward to explain the power of God. It is that healing, and it is that message which serve as the background for what we'll learn about in today's passage. So join me now in Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. If you don't have a Bible at all, there's some in the pew or in the seat underneath you. You're welcome to take that home if you don't have a Bible, or if you just want to follow along and put it back, you're certainly welcome to do that as well. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 1. While they were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple police, and the Sadducees confronted them. Because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and took them into custody until the next day, since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them. By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, and whom God raised from the dead. By him this man is standing here before you, healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation, and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. And since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them and 
They had nothing to say in opposition. After they ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they conferred among themselves, saying, What should we do with these men? For an obvious sign has been done through them, clear to everyone living in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But, so that this does not spread any further among the people, let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in this name again. So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Peter and John answered them, Whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over what had been done. For this sign of healing had been performed on a man over 40 years old. Well, that's our passage for today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him miraculously to speak to us. Join me in prayer. God, we are grateful for your word. We are grateful that on this last day of this year, we can come back together in the book of Acts to hear about your powerful work in the early church done through your servants among your people for the glory of God, for your glory. And we pray, God, that you continue to work in your church. We ask that you work amongst us this day by speaking to us. Lord, we pray that your spirit will be present in this place just as it was in the early church. God, may we receive your word as what it is, your very breath spoken to us. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. It may be important for some of you to know, but I feel with integrity I must tell you this. I've preached this sermon before. I preached this sermon during my sabbatical at a neighboring church in our county uh, just this past summer. And as the Lord would have it, that very same day, even though we did not coordinate it, Pastor Richard preached this very same passage to you. Some of you were like, this sounded familiar. Okay, so I've preached this passage before, and you've heard it before, and yet I'm going to preach it again, and you're going to hear it again today. Why? Because we're walking verse by verse through the book of Acts, and as the Lord would have it, this is where we landed for today's worship service. As we journey through this passage, we're going to notice five elements of this story. If you're taking notes, you'll see there's five points. That is a lot for a Baptist, but... We will get through it. And we must pay attention to these elements to see what the Lord is teaching us. Because there are five, we need to get right to it. So let's get to it. First, notice this. There is a supernatural feeling. There is a supernatural feeling. In verses 1 through 7, we see that all these important religious people had come to see what was going on in the temple complex. Peter and John were ministering in the temple complex, and these leaders probably felt threatened, not only by their presence, but by their success. You see, these are their religious leaders. They're the ones that are supposed to be getting the attention. They're the ones that are supposed to be drawing crowds and teaching people. They were the professional religious elite, not Peter and John. So they send out all these important folks, including the priest, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, which was one of the group of religious experts that were around that day, the rulers, the elders, listen to this, the current high priest, 
and the former high priest, as well as the priestly family. And this gathering was essentially the who's who of all the important Jewish people. But then these religious elite, they make a mistake. They ask this question. At the second part of verse 7, look at your Bibles, they ask this question. By what power or in what name have you done this? That was a mistake. They could not have teed this up any better for Peter and John to knock a home run out of the park. And we'll get to what Peter says in just a second, but before we do, notice in verse 8, it says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Filled with the Holy Spirit. Church, this was not simply Peter speaking to them. This was Peter filled with the Holy Spirit of God. This was a supernatural filling. It was not natural. It was supernatural. And as we continue in this passage, we're going to see powerful stuff coming from Peter and John. As we journey through the book of Acts over the next weeks and months, we're going to see powerful stuff happening in the life of the church. And we must understand that God was doing something powerful in this passage. We must also understand that not only was God doing something powerful then, that God is doing powerful things still today. We must understand that. We must understand that what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is true when he says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus was not lying. If anything, Jesus is not a liar. He was telling the truth that we'll receive power. And they, indeed, received power in Acts chapter 4. So also, if you want to be used by God for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you must be filled with a powerful, supernatural filling. Only by God's Holy Spirit. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We must be in tune with God's Spirit if we want to be used by God. So first, we see the supernatural filling. Second, we see a saving name. A saving name. The religious leaders wanted to know by what power or by what name Peter and John brought healing to this disabled man. And by what name were they teaching these people? Well, Peter gave them exactly what they wanted. Look at verse 10. Peter says in verse 10, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. Peter didn't beat around the bush, did he? He got right to it. He gave them the answer, and then he gave them even more. He continues in verses 11 and 12. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. And then he brings clarity. He says, there is salvation and no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. 
You see, not only was Jesus the name by which this man was powerfully healed, but Jesus is also the one whom the religious leaders had rejected. Jesus is the one who had become the cornerstone. And Jesus is the only name by which anyone can experience salvation. The name of Jesus is a saving name. And Peter wanted to make it clear that there is no way to know God. There is a way, there is a way to know God. There is a way to experience heaven after this earth. There is a way to be saved. There is a way to be forgiven of our sins, and it's through and only through the name of Jesus. Of course, Peter was not the only one to say this. Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's just something about the name of Jesus. It's a saving name. It's a powerful name. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name, the name of Jesus. In this passage, we see the saving name of Jesus. Next, we see a significant fact. A significant fact. Look at verse 13. I love this verse. Look at verse 13. It says, When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Everything the religious leaders knew about Peter and John was significant except for one thing i should say everything was insignificant except for one thing they had been with jesus what was happening through the ministry of peter and john in the temple complex was amazing but no one could come up with a reasonable explanation of why these amazing things were happening except this they had been with jesus listen church if we want God to do amazing things in us and through us for his glory, we need to spend time and effort getting close to Jesus. It, that is the significant fact which happens in this passage. The reality is, it's, it's not about how talented we are. It's not about how wealthy we are. It's not about which ethnicity we are, which family we're from how educated we are, how attractive we are, or anything like that, which is good news for most of us. None of that matters in the kingdom of God. None of that will really help you accomplish something truly amazing. If you want to be a person whom God uses to change the world, then get close to Jesus. Get close to Jesus. This is the significant fact that made a difference in the lives and ministry of Peter and John, that they had been with Jesus. Fourth, oh, we've already covered a Baptist sermon. That was three points, okay? 
I don't know what denomination this is now, but it's from the Bible, I know that. Point number four, a strong compulsion. That's not a word we use every day, compulsion. The, the idea of a compulsion is something that we are compelled to do. We are compelled. A, there's a strong compulsion. As we journey through the next few verses, we see that the religious leaders told Peter and John to leave for a while so that they could think things over. They're like, we're going to need a minute to talk about this. After all, as we see in verse 14, the man was standing in front of everyone and he was healed. Think about that for a second. No one could really dispute that. This man, some translations say he was lame, he was unable to walk. We see here he's called disabled. He was disabled and now he's no longer disabled. He was not able to walk and now he is able to walk. And we learn from earlier in the, in the book that this was since he was born. This is a major issue. And there he is, standing there. And the passage says later, he was over 40 years old. I, th I just chuckle when I read that part. It's like you're not believable until you're 40, okay? I'm only 41, so you guys have only trusted me for a couple years, apparently, all right? Because like, he's 40 years old. He's standing there. He's healed. This is a believable thing. There's nothing they can do to dispute this. So they say, let's talk about this for a minute amongst ourselves and figure out what we're going to do. They had to come up with something to say or else they felt like they were going to lose credibility and they were going to be able, unable to stop Peter and John's message from spreading further. By the way, they were right. And we see in verse 18 that the religious leaders charged Peter and John not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. By the way, Think about this for a second. The name of Jesus is the name that the authorities asked about earlier. Now they're saying that Peter and John can't use that name anymore. It's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. It's like they're saying, yeah, hey, you know that name that you did great things through? Don't do anything else through that name. It doesn't make any sense. And Peter and John, I think they agreed it didn't make any sense. And they responded in verses 19 and 20. It says, Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. For we are unable to, speak, to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Church, I don't know about you, but I want to feel compelled to be bold for Jesus like Peter and John were. Don't you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit like we see in Acts chapter 4? Don't you want to have that kind of faith where you are absolutely compelled to say, I cannot help but speak about the name of Jesus? Peter and John were compelled for Christ. Let's not forget something significant here. It was not that long ago in this moment in history that their Lord stood before a very similar gathering. And what happened to him? He was killed. He was executed. They don't know how this is going to turn out. But they are compelled for Christ. They cannot help but speak what they have seen and heard, and they basically tell the religious leaders, you do what you got to do, but we're going to do what we got to do. We're going to speak in the name 
of Jesus. That name that brought healing to the disabled beggar. That name by which Peter taught the crowds who were present. That name which the religious leaders demanded Peter and John no longer teach. That name which called Peter and John several years before to leave their fishing nets and follow him. That name which Peter denied three times. That name which said, I will be crucified and then rise from the dead. That name by which the church would be built and the gates of Hades would not prevail. That name that told Peter and John and his other followers that he was going to heaven and he would send the Holy Spirit. That name was the name of Jesus. And Peter and John could not help but speak and teach by the name of Jesus. They had a strong compulsion because they had been touched and changed forever by the power of the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, do you have a strong compulsion to speak in the name of Jesus? Finally, let us see a spectacular glorification. A spectacular glorification. I know I've been using some big words in these points today, but y'all can handle this, right? A spectacular glorification. Look again at verses 21 and 22. Look in your Bibles. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over what had been done. For this sign of healing had been performed on a man over 40 years old. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. I really believe this. If you are close to Jesus, if you are filled with the power of God's Holy Spirit, God is going to do something spectacular in your life and people will glorify God because of it. The people in Acts 4 couldn't help but praise God for what had happened. As we already see, the man was standing right there before them and he was healed. What's more, not only did they see that, but they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Think about witnessing that. These people knew who the religious elite were who were gathered that day. They knew the power they had. They also knew that they put Jesus to death. They knew the authority, and they see the conviction, the compulsion by Peter and John to say, you do what you got to do, what we're going to do, what we got to do. And they witnessed that. And all this resulted in God receiving glory and praise in a spectacular way. And if you want to see God spectacularly glorified in your life, get close to Him and be led by His powerful Spirit. Be convicted by the gospel message. Be compelled to live for Jesus and watch God do something wonderful where He receives all the glory. Here's the bottom line that will summarize this passage 
for us today that we can walk away with this last day of 2023. Your faith in Jesus and the filling of the Holy Spirit should compel you to be a bold witness. Your faith in Jesus and the filling of the Holy Spirit should compel you to be a bold witness. Remember, I'm going to keep coming back to this verse. It's foundational for the entire book. Remember in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. If some of us are honest, we might say that we really aren't bold witnesses for the name of Jesus. So we must stop and ask ourselves for a second why that is the case. Why are we not bold witnesses? Perhaps no one takes the time to ask what is different about our lives because for some of us, there's nothing actually different about our lives. You might say, Pastor, you got mean all of a sudden. No. Looking at myself too sometimes. The reality is there is a conviction, a compulsion, and a power in Peter and John that people couldn't deny. And yet we don't all the time, sometimes never in our own lives, for some of us in the room, we don't see that difference in our lives. Perhaps there's no power in our lives because we're not being led by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Church, if you truly have faith in Jesus, if you truly have the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be a witness for Jesus. You will be compelled for Christ. So may this true gospel story of Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 stir our hearts to greater faithfulness to God's mission, God's power in us, and God's glory displayed through us. For those of you in this room who are followers of Jesus, which I know are many of you, here's one practical step, weekly challenge you can take as we leave this place today. Ask the Holy Spirit to compel you to be a witness for Jesus. I'm not a big New Year's resolution person. I'm not against them. I just know that I usually don't keep them. So it's just, I feel like we should just be resolved all the time and not make it January 1st. But anyway, if you're one to set resolutions, here's a good one. Ask the Holy Spirit to compel you to be a witness for Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit. Pray to God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, and ask Him to compel you to be a witness for Jesus. Don't you know, church, God loves to hear from us when we pray? He loves to hear from us. If you want to be a better witness for Jesus and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you do that, don't you think that would be a prayer that he wants to answer? To be faithful to his word, to be faithful to his commands, ask the Holy Spirit to make you a more powerful, more faithful, more compelled witness for Jesus. Take some time this afternoon. Take some time in just a moment as we sing or sometime this week 
most of you have off work tomorrow. Many of you are off work every day of the week. Take some time and ask the Holy Spirit to compel you to be a witness for Jesus right here in Bartow and Polk County and Florida and all over the world for the glory of God. Now that weekly challenge was given specifically to followers of Jesus. You might say, well, what if I'm, what if I'm not a follower of Jesus? Have you no challenge for me? No, I do. Don't worry. Reality is, in this a room with this many people, there are surely people in this room who are not followers of Jesus. Maybe some who thought they were, by the way. But you're not really a follower of Jesus. You might say, well, how do you know that, Pastor Matt? I don't know that. But you might know that. And God certainly knows that. Here's my challenge for you. Consider what's taking place in this passage. Consider what's taking place in Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, that which we've covered so far. Go back and read it this afternoon. If you don't have a Bible, take one of our Bibles. Just take it. You can have it. Read the Word of God and ask yourself, what would compel these people to be this way? Ask God to tell you if what we see in the Word of God is true. Ask him to answer this question for you. Is Jesus really the only name by which I can be saved? The answer is yes, by the way, but you've got to believe that. You've got to believe that, and you have to know that God created us. His design for human, human beings, for humanity, is that we would be in relationship with him, that we would be his children. Well, the Bible says that sin came into the world through the first humans, Adam and Eve, and every single human since that time has also sinned. And sin messed up our relationship with God. It brought separation between us and God. It brought confusion in our lives. It brought rebellion in our relationship with Him. But not only that, all that is terrible. But what's more, the bad news, which we read about in the newspapers, Pastor Dirk, we read in the Bible as well, the bad news is that sin separates us from God forever and it brings upon us very real, literal punishment in a place called hell. And it's horrible. That's bad news. That's what our sin does between us and God. It's what it does to our eternity. It brings destruction, separation. But unlike the newspaper sometimes, the good news in the scriptures is better than the bad news. It's more powerful, more abundant, more clear that Jesus came to rescue us from death and sin and hell and punishment. I said every human being since Adam and Eve sinned, there's one exception. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus was really a man, and he really is God. And as we just celebrated Christmas time, he really came to the earth as a baby. He really grew into a full-grown man, really gave his life on the cross. He was really betrayed by his own people. He was really condemned to death by those who should have been worshiping at his feet. And he really died on the cross. And he really rose from the dead and defeated death, defeated the grave, defeated sin, defeated hell, defeated Satan. And he brought victory for all those who would call upon him. 
He really ascended back into heaven to be with God the Father. He really did tell his followers, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He really did send his Holy Spirit. He really did start the church, and he really is changing lives today for all those who will call upon him to be saved. Peter and John were telling the truth when they said there is no other name given to men by which we must be saved by the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says if you are a sinner lost in your sin, separated from God, you must call upon the name of Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and commit your life to follow him. Jesus very simply said to his disciples, follow me. Turn from your sin. Ask for forgiveness and follow Jesus. And the Bible is very clear. You will be saved. You'll be made new. You'll be rescued from death and hell and sin. As Paul teaches us in Romans chapter 6, just as Jesus was raised to a new way of life, you too may walk in newness of life. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song. We call it the response song. It's a time for all of us to respond. All of, this in, all of us in this room, those of us who are followers of Jesus, should respond by saying, Thank you, God. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for your spirit. Would you give me a compulsion, a conviction like Peter and John had? May you fill me with your spirit so that I could live as a faithful witness for Jesus. For all of us who are followers of Jesus, I don't know how we couldn't pray that prayer. And for those of you who are lost in your sin, even now you can call upon the name of Jesus to save you. I'll be standing down here with my family as we sing. You may want to come down and and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'd love to talk to you about that. You might say, Pastor Matt, I just need some prayer. Would you pray for me? You might have some spiritual question. I would love to talk to you as we sing. You can just come right on down. Don't be embarrassed. You can come right on down and talk to me. I'd love to talk to you. After the service is over, for whatever reason, if you don't come down while we sing, I'll be around after the service. Pastor Dirk will be around after the service. <laughs> Pastor Dirk will be around after the service. We would love to talk to you about how you can follow Jesus. After he's done giving out treasures, he'd love to talk to you. If you have any spiritual questions, anything at all, please be obedient to how the Holy Spirit leads. Church, think about what God can do through us if we are filled with his Spirit and convicted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join me now in prayer as we prepare to sing.